0: are the minnesota wild on the hunt for a top line center we take a look at potential teams they could trade with plus potential targets on today's episode of locked on wild you're locked on wild your daily podcast on the minnesota wild part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked on Wild on your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we go top line center hunting We'll take a look at potential teams that the Wilds could look to make a deal with. We'll also take a look at a couple of players that could fill that need and the likelihood that they get traded in the first place. And we'll also take a look at what the Wild would need to give up in order to make it happen. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And uh, I was intrigued by a couple of comments in uh, yesterday's episode in that uh, the Wild are still in need of a top line center, uh, I think it was um, there was a response which had said, "If such top line guy is available, what's it going to cost to get him?" Perfect idea for today's episode. And so how we'll do this? We're going to start by taking a look at some teams that could potentially be sellers at the trade deadline, and uh, we'll take a look at some players that could fit as well. Uh, Just looking at the standings as of right now, I think if you go in the Eastern Conference, you can identify um, a few teams that are for sure going to be sellers. Montreal Canadiens in the Atlantic Division, I think they're definitely going to be sellers at this point. You may see a slight sell-off from the likes of Ottawa and Detroit. I really don't know about Florida because they're in kind of a weird spot themselves. Buffalo on the rise. Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Boston all, of course, fighting for playoff spots. So you may see at least three of those teams getting rid of some assets uh, here this season, impending free agents, things along that line. Uh, If you move on to the Metropolitan Division, Columbus Blue Jackets obviously in a tough spot themselves. Philadelphia, after their great start, they have uh, really come back down to earth. Those would be, I think, the uh, the two teams in the Metropolitan because – the Islanders all the way up, only 11 points out of first place. And so uh, I think the Islanders probably just going to hang tight and uh, and try to make some noise and move up towards the top of the division there. In the Central, the two likeliest candidates, obviously Arizona and Chicago. The Blues I would have put in the seller category, but they have won a couple of games uh, after losing Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. So I think they're just going to Kind of hang on and see within 10 points of the top spot in the West or in the Central. So uh, I think they're close enough to where they still try to give it a go um, and see if they can't push for a playoff spot. And then in the Pacific, Anaheim, San Jose, Vancouver is starting to try to make a little noise, but uh, I think they're still far enough away. They'd still have to leapfrog Edmonton. And so I think those will be the three that would be sellers. at the trade deadline. Now let's just look at some of these teams. And we're, we're talking about a legitimate number one center, somebody that could slot in with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello and really make some noise on that top line to where it's no question that you have a guy who's capable of, um, of keeping up with those guys. I don't think Arizona or Chicago have any of that. And so I'm just going to eliminate them immediately from the mix, uh, the San Jose Sharks. I mean, if you think Timo Meyer is a one C, maybe that's a route you go. But uh, it's either that or or Tomas Hurdle are, are really the two big names that could be moving from the um, from the San Jose Sharks. The Anaheim Ducks. I, I think they are not going to move some of those top level guys because they're part of that young core, you're you're not going to move Troy Terry. You're not going to move Trevor Zegras. And so I don't think Anaheim has really a ton of what you're looking for uh, in a 1C. Over to the Eastern Conference, I mean, maybe you try to get creative and you go get Alex to brink at, but I don't know there uh, after the uh, – The Senators just acquired him in the offseason. I'd imagine they'll try to retain him. Um, And that's that's another, and we'll talk about just uh, some of the likelihood that these guys get moved. Uh, Philadelphia and Columbus, again, these are all teams that are kind of, they're far away from where they need to go. So I don't know if any of those guys move the needle as much as you need. There is one team that has a couple of guys that uh, could move the needle uh, and could give you somebody who is a bona fide top-line center. And let's look at Vancouver's situation right now. Horrible start to the season. They have been playing better, although 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. And if they continue to lose, they're going to get to the point where they just say, we gotta, we got to start over. And so Vancouver, I think, is probably the one that you are going to be looking at um, as a trade partner to, uh, to try to bolster your lineup and to add some scoring impact. And Vancouver does have a couple of guys that uh, I think could really assist. We talked about Brock Besser a couple of weeks ago. Now, he's not a center, but he would be the, uh, a, he would be the definition of a top six upgrade if you want to go that route. There are a couple of other guys that are definitely uh, going to move the needle the way that it needs to be moved. So we're going to set our sights on Vancouver, and when we come back, we'll take a look at two names who could be on the Wilds' radar as we uh, continue our look for a top-line center on today's episode of Locked on Wild. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by betonline.net. They are your number one source for sports betting info, plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to the NBA and the World Cup. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline where the game starts. Continuing our search for a top-line center here on today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we've narrowed in on the Vancouver Canucks because I think they got a couple of guys that could definitely fill that role. We're going to start by talking about my main target. If the Wild are going this route, Bo Horvat. An expiring contract, which is super appealing. He's not on the books past this season unless he would come in and do well and you would want to look to re-sign him long-term. So that's appealing. Having the best season of his career in a contract year, that's appealing. And so you've got a guy who is having just a ton of success so far this season. I mean, you look at his numbers, he's already got 29 goals. He has 44 total points in 39 games, uh, so 15 assists as well. So he has been part of a prolific line with Vancouver despite their overall numbers. He is a plus two on the season, but you look at some of the other guys on the Vancouver roster, such as JT Miller, he's like minus 15. And yes, plus and minus is not a huge indicator of, uh, of overall success. But Horvat's ability to score goals, unquestioned. He's been relatively durable throughout his career as well. He's played uh, 80 plus games three times. He has also uh, played close to a full season. There have been some shortened seasons in there as well. And uh, he's played 39 games so far this season. Uh, for this wild team, this is an important one. Uh, he has only eight penalty minutes. In 39 games. So he's a pretty smart player when he's out there on the ice. The biggest area that I think he can help. Because it allows for deepening of this power play unit. He's got 15 points on the power play so far this season. He's got 10 power play goals. He's got 5 power play assists. And so he can really help you out there. Because then maybe you'd put Jewel Eriksson Ek... On power play, two, you put Bo Horvat as your top line guy on the power play, and you keep that Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Horvat line together on the power play, and you just do a ton of damage that way. Uh, he also is very good in the faceoff circle. We've talked about this at points, and the Wild have found ways to win without winning a majority of their faceoffs, but it always seems like in games against the better, t- in against tough teams. The team with the better centers usually ends up dominating the faceoffs against the Minnesota Wild. Horvat, for the season, is at 57% in the face-off circle, and for his career, he has never had a season below 50% in the face-off circle, and he has trended more towards the 57% range over the last few seasons, uh, as opposed to the early 50s when his his career started. So, for his career, he's at 53.8. Last couple of seasons, he's been at 57%. So, he can help you there as well. And, when it gets to be postseason time, if the Wild do make the postseason, he had a pretty darn good run uh, in 2019-2020 with Vancouver. Uh, He had 10 goals in 17 games for the Canucks uh, during that playoff run. So, He's got a little bit of uh, playoff experience as well. But I think if that's what you're looking for, Bo Horvat, amongst all the other names, is probably the number one target for the Wild to be looking at if they want to go find somebody that is a tried and true 1C and can assist you in that regard. Sam Steele has played well in that spot for the Minnesota Wild, but as we've talked about, he is a lower center in the lineup that is taking advantage of an opportunity, and we don't know if there's going to come a time where he may struggle. You eliminate that with Bo Horvat, and then you have an absolute wrecker line that is amongst the best in the conference uh, as well as in the Central Division II. So it's very appealing if the Wild want to go this route to try to bolster their lineup with the top six guy and to grab a center that uh, can help them out uh, in the lineup as well because then you can slide Steele down further in the lineup. You've still got Jewel Eriksson-Eck, you've got Steele then, you've got Dewar, you've got Freddie Goudreau, uh, all guys that can play center on those bottom two lines. And uh that gives you just a lethal thirty goal scorer as well. And something interesting, and when I was doing some research as to this topic, by all accounts, those that cover the Canucks, he has done a really good job of just kind of going about his business despite some very chaotic things going on with that Vancouver franchise. You know, we've seen some of the videos of JT Miller getting frustrated with his goalie trying to get him off the ice for an extra attacker. Um, there's been frustration from other Canucks players, and a lot of the media members that cover the team have applauded Horvat for just going about his business. Now, as far as things go with potentially resigning with Vancouver, that would be a potential holdup and would likely lead to the next name that we'll talk about being probably off the board. Um, you look at what Horvat has done production-wise this year, and it's it's looking like he's pricing himself out of what Vancouver wants to do. Plus, if they're taking a step back next year, is he somebody that's really going to want to stick around and be part of that as he gets uh, closer to the age of 30, uh, 27 right now? and So his next contract will take him into probably his mid-30s. Is he going to want to stick around in Vancouver to go through some lean seasons? Um, that's probably not something that is super high on his priority list. So it's likely that the Canucks will try to pounce on a return for him. The other name from Vancouver that is intriguing is, of course, Elias Pettersson. But you look at the two names, uh, and I think Pettersson of the two is going to be the one that the Canucks try to build around going forward because Patterson, you know, very, very young still. Uh, He is um, 24 years old, had a career season last year, and has backed it up with some some really good play so far here this season. He had uh, 68 points in 80 games last year. He's got 47 points in uh, 37 games so far this year. So he's backing it up. He's a prolific goal scorer. He's got 17 so far this season after 32 last year. So that's something that I think Vancouver will probably look to keep uh, and to try to build around, whereas Bo Horvat is one of those luxuries that um, you like to have when you are pushing towards the playoffs. But if you're going to go young and try to uh, kind of build the next core. He's probably more of a luxury at this point. So if I was to go through and say the number one guy that the wild need to be keeping an eye on, if they are in the market for a one C it's Bo Horvat with a bullet. I think that's the top target that uh, the wild should be keeping an eye on. If centers the spot they want to truly upgrade now, Obviously, there is going to be a cost involved in trying to acquire a player with the pedigree of Bo Horvat. So we'll finish today's show by looking not only at the return, the cap ramifications, and also with where the Wild are at in the standings. If it makes sense to do something like this to uh, to try to gear up for one last run, before uh, the buyouts really hit their peak. So we'll talk about all of that to loop things back here on today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Today's episode is brought to you also by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use every single day of the week. I started taking AG1 because it allows you to simplify your vitamin and mineral routine. With just one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Plus, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And it has been proven successful. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreenscom NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreenscom NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL Prospects Show to get the full lowdown on all of the top prospects that will be available in this year's NHL draft, plus rankings for each system throughout the NHL as well. Lockdown NHL Prospects is available on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. So let's say Bo Horvat does end up being the target for the Minnesota Wild. What are the ramifications and what would it take to acquire him, let's start with the potential return. A couple of articles that uh, can help out because I'll be honest, trade returns is not something I am super strong with because it just how do you know? Like you play Madden or NHL enough, you just throw whatever you can into a deal to try to get it done. Um, and so let's just use these as framework and uh, we'll see kind of what the equivalent would be for the Minnesota Wild if they go that route. Ryan Dixon for uh, Sportsnet put together four trade packages. We'll start with the Montreal Canadiens. Canadians sending defenseman David Savard, defenseman Jaden Struble, center Owen Beck, a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. So, Sizable return, to say the least. And an emphasis, I think, for Vancouver in this trade is going to be defensemen. So we'll uh, we'll talk about some potential for what the Wilds could give up um, later. But uh, I just want to go through these and kind of set the scene for what other teams would have to give up. So the Carolina Hurricanes mentioned next, and they're acquiring Bo Horvat and also Aiden McDonough. Uh, Carolina is sending... Uh forward Seth Jarvis, forward Stefan Nosen, defenseman Scott Morrow, and a 2023 third round pick. So they are sending some more, I think, some closer players to NHL action. And um you know that lessens them from having to send the first round pick. So closer to NHL ready players for Bo Horvat in this case, and um, that would be, you know, how Carolina would handle it. Detroit Red Wings, again, acquiring Bo Horvat and Aiden McDonough. Vancouver sending goalie Sebastian Kosa, D. Shy Byum, and a 2023 first and a 2023 second round pick uh, in return. So this, again, more picks centered because the players that are sent to Vancouver are not, as close to NHL ready as uh, as Carolina was, and then the final one is the Boston Bruins, as if they needed any more help. Uh, the Bruins acquiring both Horvat and McDonough, uh, Vancouver getting Fabian Lysel, center John Beecher a 2023 first and a 2023 sixth. So for the Canucks, defensemen picks and players that are closer to NHL-ready to contribute as well. Now, Horvath's cap hit this season is $5.5 million. And so the Wild, as of right now, have 3.75 in projected cap space. So what they would need to do first and foremost is they would need to unload a, an expiring contract to free up some space. Now, the biggest one that makes the most sense is Matt Dumba at this point. But here are the things with Matt Dumba's contract that, um, that kind of caused some problems for what Vancouver's trying to do. Vancouver cannot take on any money. Uh, they are right on the salary cap level right now. So the Wild would need to probably eat some of the salary in order for them to take him on. Second point, does it make sense for a team like Vancouver if they're taking a step back to acquire a player in Matt Dumba uh, who is going to be a free agent at the end of the season anyway? Doesn't really scream something that makes a lot of success for them to do when giving up a player such as Bo Horvat. So you may not be able to go that route unless you send Dumba to a team in need of a defenseman for a playoff run. Uh, Dumba does have a uh, modified no-trade clause, so he has a list that he submits to the team, and uh, those are teams that he cannot be traded to, and so that obviously throws a wrench in as well. And as we talked about... <laughs> You have to have some value in order to make a trade or to be a tradable player. Matt Dumba's value at the beginning of the season was not great. It has been better, and so maybe this is the time in which it's finally time to pull the trigger, uh, especially with the reports of how good Brock Faber has been for the Gophers and the likelihood that he will be ready to go you know to play a back-end level defenseman role uh, by the time once his season is finished. So maybe having him ready to go, and having a couple of other defensemen in Iowa that you could plug into the lineup. We've seen Andre Schuster come up and um, and be kind of that seventh defenseman, but Dakota Murmus also there, uh, the captain for the Iowa Wild. And so maybe you end up sending Dumba elsewhere to free up the salary, but if – and this is really interesting because this, I think, speaks to how full the Wilds' defensive system is with the names of Jack Pert, Carson Lambos, Kyle Masters. Uh, They have a ton of guys – in the system that projects to be ready within the next couple of seasons. And I found it interesting that Michael Russo in his uh, most recent straight from the source, um, actually not most recent, the one before, had alluded to the fact that Kalen Addison may not be fully set in stone for this team moving forward. And so, you know, with the fact that he has been such a contributor on the power play, you'd hate to lose that production. But, I mean, if you're going to get a guy like Bo Horvat to come in and be that number one center and just deepen the lineup beyond that, maybe that is a price that you're willing to pay if it means that you don't have to dip further into that prospect system or give up that first-round pick. But I think what it's going to take... To get Horvat is some players or a player that is close to NHL ready. Canucks obviously want defensemen. They're going to want picks, and the Wild have to figure out a way to defer some salary uh, and to move some salary of their own. If not Dumba, the guys that you have that are going to be free agents at the end of the season include Freddie Goudreau and Ryan Reeves. I don't know if that's going to be enough to do it. Maybe this is the point in which you end up taking a contract such as Jordan Greenway and trading him now that he has a little bit of term to where he'd be an attractive return for a Vancouver team that would get something back for Horvat that they could have for a couple of seasons. Again, I'm just speculating here. The putting trades together is, is not my strong suit. So we're just speculating as to what it would look like for a return to happen. And if that is enough for Bill Guerin to make the deal, then maybe you do it. But here's the other thing. Is is Bo Horvat going to make you that much better to where you then become a contender, um, not only in the Central Division, but in the Western Conference? It's been a weird season for the West, to say the least. The Dallas Stars often running, as are the Vegas Golden Knights, and I don't think anybody saw that coming for either of those two teams, and yet they lead their respective divisions. You have the Winnipeg Jets, who have uh, gotten off to a nice start this year, and now they've won five in a row. Nashville has struggled to start the season, but they are playing better now. The Colorado Avalanche, who are currently four points behind the Minnesota Wild are going to get healthy, and they're going to go on a run. you got the Los Angeles Kings who are scoring a gazillion goals, and they continue to win games. The Seattle Kraken have been a huge, pleasant surprise so far this season. Edmonton's going to be right in it as well with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl leading the way. And so is Bo Horvat going to put you high enough to where you are competing for the second or first spot in the division as opposed to fighting it out for a wild card. If you're only going to cap out at a wild card team, I don't think it makes sense. But if Horvat is going to give you enough to where you can become a division winner, to where you wouldn't have to play Dallas in the first round or you wouldn't have to play Winnipeg in the first rounds, Winnipeg would probably be the more appealing matchup of the two but you get what I'm saying where you would play a wild card team as opposed to having to fight it out with another one of those division opponents right off the bat and if you then look at it and say I think this offense is good enough to get past the uh, the rest of the Western Conference then in that case I think with the fact that this is probably going to be the last playoff season that we see for a couple of years If a move like that moves the needle enough, go get it done. But that's all up to Bill Guerin. We just tried to kind of pave the way there, and uh, it will be fascinating to see what this team does as we approach the trade deadline. Their play is going to impact a lot of that as well. And uh, so between now and then, we'll just have to wait and see. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Wilds your first listen each and every day. Uh, now for your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get the full lowdown of everything going on throughout the National Hockey League free and available on your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Wild on YouTube, on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including now Amazon Music. You can find us on TikTok and all your favorite social media platforms. We're keeping you up to date with pre- and post-game coverage as well as new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.